You are listening to Japan Experts, the podcast that helps you make your trip to Japan a truly unique and immersive experience. I'm your host, Miyuki Seguchi. I moved overseas to study at age of 18. Since then, I've gained immersive travel experiences in a few dozen countries and realized Japan is a country I should be proud of. And so I learned all things about Japan and became a licensed guide. Now, I'm here to help travelers like you to plan and prepare for a trip to Japan. Whether you are traveling solo or you don't speak Japanese, I've got you covered. All you need is a bit of courage to immerse yourself in Japan. I'll give you all the knowledge you need to plan your trip, travel confidently, and interact with Japanese people so that you are totally excited and encouraged to make a trip to Japan. Welcome back to another episode of the Japan Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Miyuki Seguchi. I'd like to start today's episode by saying thank you to all of the Japan Experts Podcast listeners who have been supporting this show by listening to every episode, spreading the word about it, giving a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or providing financial support through Patreon. The Japan Experts Podcast has grown so much over the past three plus years because of your massive support. And I really appreciate all of the support you have provided. I'd also like to mention that it's been a joy to receive a message from you and interact with many of you who are planning to visit Japan. And today, I'd like to introduce a very special guest and my friend, Michael Fizu. Michael has been a long time listener of the Japan Experts Podcast. He joined one of my pre Japan travel programs, recently completed a 30 day trip traveling around Japan, and visited Central Japan to join multi day tours with me. He is here today to discuss travel experience and learnings he had through his month long adventure in Japan. He's also sharing with us great travel tips that you can apply to your future trip to Japan. So, I'm so glad that I was able to interview him and that I can deliver this episode to you. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Michael Fieser. You just came back from a Saturday trip to Japan. What did you like the most? And what are some of the things you didn't like so much? Well, there really wasn't any. Dislikes, just you know, some personal observations, but uh, the likes was uh, despite my limited language skills, everybody seemed to be really helpful. Another thing is,、um, the food was amazing and inexpensive, which you know, that was yeah, that was wonderful. And one thing that was you can get pretty much anywhere by the train. And along with that, you know, the train punctuality is amazing. Even in <laughs> what's funny is its punctuality almost, I, I missed it one time because of I was walking up and the door shut. And、uh, I mean, that was all on me, but still, is, you know, if it says it's leaving at 12 24. It's not leaving at 12 23 or 12 25. It's leaving at 12 24. So that, you know, that, that got me a couple of times. 
um, sort of along those same lines, um, even though the price has gone up on it, the JR pass was great because you don't have to worry about it. You just put your, you know, pass in the ticket counter or in the, the, the gate and you're, you're done. You, you know, you don't have to, you know, even think about it. it. And same thing with, if you, uh, you know, go and actually talk to a ticket agent, you know, you just hand them your JR pass and they're, and they're like, Oh, okay. Where do you want to go? And now and this is just personal preference, but I would say the green car is so worth it because they, a, you get an assigned seat and a lot of times they're less crowded, I guess, because of that, you know, there's only so many seats and, um, and you don't have to fight for it because you know where your seat is. But even, even then there were sometimes there was, you know, the car wasn't even half full. So even, even though they're, you know, just in general, the trains are very quiet. Even then when there's, you know, only, you know, 10 people, it's, you know, effective, it's silent. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, that was really nice. Uh, and by contrast, uh, when I was taking the train to come home or when I was back in America and took the train to come home, it was constant sound. There was, you know, people talking on their phones, um, you know, people watching YouTube videos at full volume. Um, and, and I'm like, Oh, why? I'm going to go back to Japan. <laughs> and some of the other things, like I said, you know, I didn't have any dislikes. It was just personal observations. Um, and despite being, you know, a lot of English signs in the train stations, Tokyo station, especially just that initial arrival at the train station is a bit disorienting. However, though, after that first day, it, it, it wasn't really a problem because, you know, you could sort of, you know, it's pretty straightforward, but it's just that initial, you know, sensory overload of, you know, just being in a new spot. Hiroshima Station, there was uh, tons of food stores there in the train station. And, oh, it was evil, evil. <laughs> um basically a, a small shopping mall of just food stores in Hiroshima station. And, and you walk in the door, first store on the left is, you know, cheesecakes and tarts. And then the next stall is, you know, French pastries. And then there's another stall. All they sold was dumplings. And, oh, it was just, oh, food overload. You, you just want to stay there and just eat. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, I have uh, lots of uh, things to add to your comments, actually. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm really glad to hear you enjoyed the railway travel in Japan. Um, oh, you've, yeah, that, you've... That, 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 that actually made the trip better, was just being able to do everything by train. Right, right. And uh, as you mentioned, the Japanese train stations are not only for the the place to change your trains. There are a lot more like food 
or like oh, yeah. shopping, oh, yeah. shopping, oh, shopping oh, yes. malls and yeah, especially in uh, the station in Kanazawa was had you know a you know a full shopping mall in the train station, mm. which I you know, I wasn't expecting that. Mm. Um, and then actually, just outside of the train station was like a, a it was like a five or six story shopping mall, which I was like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, but I understand the the stations like Tokyo Station. It's a massive station, right? So when you oh, yeah. go in like at the first time, like it's um very easy to get overwhelmed. And yes, um especially if you are visiting Japan from the country, the railway travel isn't so common. Yes, I yeah. understand the challenge. Yes, it it definitely helps a lot because. All the signs were in English as mm -hmm. well. So if you know if you just know the name of the line that you need, it you know it's right it tells you which you know which platform is which line. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, like I said, after the first day, you know you sort of get your bearings and it's you know it's still daunting just because it is a large station. but you know it's it's not as bad as that you know initial sensory overload. right. Um, so I understand you had a lot of great experiences um, in Japan, but if you would go back to one year ago and plan a <laughs> Saturday trip again, would you plan and travel differently? Yes. Two things in particular that I would have done differently is language lessons. You know, outside of the, you know, the the common things of, you know, yes, no, you know, excuse me, I'm sorry thank you, you know, that after, you know, your first day there, those are just automatic. You, you, you say those, but even though there, there were a few times where I probably could have not so much done a, a long conversation, I froze up. I, I, you know, I, you know, I sort of knew what I wanted to say or how to respond to something. But I, I just froze up. I, I I guess I was sort of not so much embarrassed, but just I didn't want to try. <laughs> um, so it was that, that, you know, that was all on me. You know, that there's just hesitation of not wanting to even try to speak anything more complex than right do you think if you know a little bit more conversational studies do you think your experience would be a little bit different like do you think you'd have more chances to um, speak to locals or your experiences would be much more enjoyable oh definitely definitely and you know i can you know hindsight being you know what it is i can definitely say yes it it would have been better had I, you know, done some lessons. Right. Or I should say more intense lessons rather than just, you know, looking through a book for phrases and things like, you know, actual, you know, practice and, you know, things like that. Uh, the other thing is also, you know, this is purely in hindsight. Um, I would have planned less for things that can be affected by the weather. Because one of my big things, you know, I wanted to, you know, was to, you know, see the autumn colors. 
and it just so happened that you know this year japan had a really hot summer so the colors wound up or you know the autumn colors wound up being delayed a couple of weeks so i was you know had planned my you know to go from north south and then west sort of to sort of you know follow the the cooler temperatures as they went but because of that you know i started in the north but you know I, it wound up being you know the the peak was a week after i left so i, I you know if if but that you know that those are that's you know beyond your control you know i also i was expect or you know because november is typically you know climate wise a really nice month um but surprisingly um my first week and a half it was you know cold and rainy and i i, I didn't really pack my clothing to anticipating you know cooler weather um yeah the rain wasn't well that wasn't the problem you know i had an umbrella i had a had a jacket but you know being that the temperatures got down into the you know low 40s on a couple of days yes like this year november was kind of like crazy months because at the beginning it was uh in the first um two weeks or so of the months it was like uh we had a lot of like warm days then like it gets like really cold and then yes so it was a little bit like difficult <laughs> i would say yeah but that that's the only thing is you know i i would have you know like i said packed different clothing to account for you know changes in the weather and just not oh and going back you know i would have made plans for things that you know a change in the weather doesn't affect the location but still like i said a lot of those things are just you know beyond your control so right so seasonal landscapes are great and very beautiful, but if you are kind of like really looking forward to these things uh, very much, you may get disappointed a little bit. So you just need to manage your expectation, right? Correct. Yes, very much. Very much. Um, but you still had a great time um, despite oh, all yeah. these things. Um, oh, yeah. It, 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 like I said, if I would have had the you know initial mindset to expect changes, but, you know, just as, you know, adapt and overcome, you know, just go with it, It you know. So doing that, it, you know, regardless of what happened, I still had a great time. Great, great advice. So I'd like to ask you a little bit about the tools. Um, you visited the central region and yes. joined multiple tools with me, uh, which I, I feel so grateful for. So to give a reference to our listeners, here's what we covered on our five-day tours. So we first visited Seki and saw traditional sword-making demonstrations. We then visited a couple of sword and knife-related museums, and the swordsmiths kindly agreed on doing a mini lecture on how to appreciate swords which was very enlightening. And we ate grilled eel and visited a temple with gold leaf covered Buddhist statues. And the next day we visited Hikone to visit one of uh, Japan's five national treasure castles from 400 years ago and the Castle Palace Museum. We also did a tea branding and tasting experience with a Japanese tea instructor after 
lunch at a local restaurant for Japan's top three branded beef, Omi beef. In the following week, we visited Nagoya for its magnificent castle and the Honmaru Palace, which exhibits very sophisticated Japanese interior designs from the peaceful samurai era. And it's also a great showcase of the hierarchy system that existed within samurai class. We also went to one of Japan's most sacred shrines that is believed to be the home of one of Japan's imperial regalia, followed by lunch for Nagoya food, misokatsu, which is Japanese breaded pork cutlet with miso sauce. The next day, we went to Sekigahara, which is mostly known for the famous battlefield that decided the history of feudal Japan. We went to a newly built museum dedicated to learning about the battle and the stories behind it. After that, we went to an open-air modern art museum operated by a local company. On our final day, we went to another castle town, Inuyama, which was a good autumn leaf spot. You've tried a pottery painting experience and we got to enjoy matcha and the sencha tea using local pottery way. We also got to do a tour of a 180-year-old traditional house, including the inside of the Kura storage space and upstairs, which is a very rare opportunity. Later, we explored the castle town and visited a 400-year national treasure castle. I know we have covered a lot on these tours. What experiences did you enjoy the most and why? Well, everything was amazing in its own way. Honestly, there, there were no bad experiences or things that I didn't enjoy during the tours. Sekigahara and the castles, they appealed to my just my interest in samurai and samurai history. And sort of along those same lines, you know, since the sword is considered, you know, the soul of the samurai, our one-on-one -on -one talk with the swordsmith was just an unexpected treasure. And, you know, just having him there, you know, to, you know, if you ask, you know, a specific question, you know, he could answer a specific, you know, right there. And it was, it was, that was wonderful. It just added a whole new layer of, you know, just knowledge that, you know, you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Um, so along, along those same lines, meeting the tea master and the potter, who got to, you know, interact with real people and get a you know a glimpse of their daily lives and along with you know the the swordsmith you know they were able to you know explain it right there you know as, as your questions happened you know you got a, a a quick answer um which you know you and something like that you know you you would never get that information out of a book it you know it's one of those you know you have to be there to to do it like I said, you know, books can tell you all about it, but if, you know, until you're actually there, you know, you, you really don't know. I know you visited some other, like some places uh, without a guide, and you've also uh, joined a tour with me, so we, we visited many places. What do you think uh, the major benefit of hiring a tour guide and joining the free customizable private tours? Well, I like I said, I, I didn't join any other tours 
other than you know you but you know you you gave me so many great options for things to do and places to visit it was actually difficult to limit what to do because honestly i wanted to do it all i, I realized without having a guide i was i was just observing things i wasn't really learning about anything and you know that, that's not necessarily a bad thing but you know sometimes even the tiniest bit of context can add you know so much to a location you know because like when we were in nagoya castle where you're explaining you know the the various art styles in each room yeah where you know the the closer you got to the shogun you know how the art changed in the room you know if you know if i had just in there i would just been noticing that it was different art not why you, you miss a lot of things you know you don't get context of you know what you're looking at it or, or i should say you don't know what you don't know so you know is is your you know experience of visiting a place going to be less no because you visited there and you enjoyed that experience but could it be more because you know you have your guide there and they can tell you stuff that you know that you wouldn't even have thought to ask you know they they could you know prompt questions and just you know like I said just things they could get you thinking about that you never would have thought about otherwise knowing that now I, I really can't imagine not doing it next time. Also, the having a guide, uh, you will be able to visit um, more places in the short time, don't you think? Because it's more. Um... Yes, yes, because it's 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 you know you have a it's it's not random. Um, you know you have a focused goal to to you know that you're doing. It's not you're just like. You're not walking around looking for something, you know, you know what you're going to do. So it, it's, it's, you know, having, having that focus is, you know, great because it, it, you know, it, it takes a lot of variables out of it. Right. More efficient. Um, yes. Yes. So, like, like I said, it, it, because of that efficiency, you can do more in a day. When we were in uh, Nagoya Castle, it was kind of funny because when you were saying that they had the, the volunteer tour guides, you know, taking, you know, two or three people around in their little groups. Uh, it was just kind of funny because we were just, you know, leisurely going along where it seemed like each tour group was almost in a race to see who could get through the castle the quickest. <laughs> and, and it's like, that that's no fun. You're just, you know, oh, looking in the room. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yep. Next room. Whereas, you know, we got to, you know, talk about each room. Do you think knowing a guide before you are cheap would be a better choice to you? Because all these volunteer guides are the people you meet on the day and you are yes. not sure uh, who, who, who will be your guide or whether these, uh, these services are available. So you just like turn up and some of the people will ask, may ask you like would you like to be joined by a volunteer guide and if you say yes but you don't know what to expect and you just like go with them do you think 
knowing and the guide beforehand because you were the long time listener of the Japan Experts podcast and you've, you've uh, joined one of my pre travel programs before. So you know me beforehand. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I, I would, I would, I would, yeah, I think it, it helped because, you know, we, we did have a, 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 you know, a good rapport. You know, we knew a little bit about, you know, each other. So it wasn't, you know, I guess we had a, a a good base to start from. It wasn't just, you know, like you said, show up on the day. It's like, oh, here's your guide. First off, you would, you know, had asked me some general questions of what I would be interested in to, you know, possibly do. And then based upon that, you sort of narrowed that down to then gave me a, a, a list of, I don't know, you know, four or five things saying, okay, based upon what you said over here, what would you think about these items? And then you, you sort of gave a brief description of what could be done, be it, you know, for each of those items. So then I just sort of, you know, had to think about it. It's like, hmm, God, which one do I want to do? Uh, so then I, you know, sent you back, you know, my list of, you know, two or three things that I would, you know, my top preferences then you went took you know those things and then gave me you know really specific things to you know choose from each of those you know of my top choices so then i you know went back you know and sort of narrowed down you know those choices then and yeah after you know we did i don't know probably, you know, three or four, you know, back and forth, you know, consultations about, you know, what I would like to do, what was available. And then at the end of the, you know, at the end of it all, when we finally got to the actual tour, it was, you know, it actually wound up even being better than sort of what I had envisioned just based upon sort of what you had explained could go on. So you know, there's multiple back and forths that, you know, each one got more specific, you know, as to what could happen and go on. So yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Great, great. So many international beasties don't usually stay in central Japan, especially the southern part of central Japan for a very long time. You've stayed for a few days in Gifu and also spent about a week in Nagoya. And we visited local cities and towns where we found only a handful of international beasties. What was your impression of central Japan? And how do you compare these places from other major cities you visited on your trip? Well, uh, Gifu and Nagoya are very different from Tokyo, um, especially Gifu. They just seem to have... Uh, a slower pace about things you know people didn't seem to be rushing everywhere also uh, in gifu and kanazawa there was definitely a lack of you know foreign tourists i even got a gifu especially i i, I got a couple of you know second glances or people were like oh he's a foreigner <laughs> what's he doing here um Whereas in Tokyo, you know, it's like, oh yeah, whatever. He's, you know, no big deal. But it it it, it was just kind of funny that in the outer, you know, place away from big cities, 
you know, you do notice that you're, you know, not from there. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's like, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, you, you kind of do stand out as a foreigner because there are so few of them. How would your experience change if you visit rural areas and the countryside? In the big city, it seems like everyone is not sort of in their own world, but they're, they're, unless you're going to a specific location, um, there really isn't a, a chance to talk to people because um, you know, it, it, this isn't, you know, unlike America, you know, you don't typically just strike up a conversation with a stranger on a train, you know, in America, that that's no big deal. You know, you sit next to somebody, you know, you, you know, you start talking to them. Whereas, you know, in Japan, just cause everybody's trying not to bother, you know, the person sitting next to them, you know, nearly everyone I saw had headphones on. And, you know, you don't want to be rude and, you know, start talking to them. Well, A, you know, they're not going to hear you, but um, it's, it's, it's different. You know, you, you just, you know, you're not going to, you know, have that, I guess, opportunity for personal interaction in the big cities. Whereas, you know, in, in the, the countryside, they seem to a, a little more, I guess, willing to talk about things. If you showed interest in it, they were like, oh, hey, you know, I can talk about this. You know, there, there's probably more of a chance to, you know, meet someone and talk to them. Right. Because people are more relaxed. People are much more in the not rushed pace. So yeah. um, they would are more open to paying attention to the things around them, maybe. Yeah. And. And also a couple of times uh, in, you know, in the countryside, if you, you know, or show some genuine interest in what they're doing, you know, they, you know, they would perk up almost like, oh, hey, he's interested. Well, you know, that's where that where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, they're they're almost sort of, you know, waiting for someone to ask them a question about it so that they can, you know, sort of talk about it. On your future trip, you'd like to spend more time in the less touristy, more quiet areas, um, being away from major cities. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to give that a try. Just, just because those areas seemed so nice this time, I think I will probably spend more time in the smaller, less touristy places. And I'm from a small town anyway. So that sort of, you know, played to my likes. Even though it was, you know, completely different, it's sort of on a, a, you know, a very low key level, sort of still reminded me of home. Any other experiences you'd like to try on your future trips to Japan? Honestly, I I haven't been able to really narrow it down. This trip just opened the floodgate <laughs> of, you know, things that if I had known about last time, 
I would, you know, it was like, oh, why couldn't I have done that? But that list is almost too long to even think of it because, you know, with your help, I was actually able to narrow it down. But yeah, that, that, that list is, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> there are still a lot of the things that you'd like to try in Japan. Oh, yeah. I, I tip of the iceberg this trip, even though I was there for a month, you know, there's just so much more to see that, you know, I, I can't wait to come back. That was Mike and Fisa from the USA. Once again, I'd like to say a big thank you to Michael for all the support and contributions. If you'd like to have an amazing experience in Japan like Michael did, I want to invite you to one of my private tours in central Japan. Based on your needs and interests, I will design and create your best uniquely Japan tour and I will personally show you around the places you love. If you are seeking support on your travel planning journey, I do provide one-on-one Uniquely Japan Experience program where I'll help you create your personalized travel plan and complete travel arrangements in six to eight weeks. Links to all the details are in the show note. Thanks so much for listening and wishing you a happy holiday season.